Welcome to Study Abroad Stories, a podcast by the Queen's College Study Abroad Office. In this podcast, you'll hear study abroad tips and advice, as well as stories of adventure, friendship, and personal growth. Tune in to hear interviews with previous study abroad students, study abroad directors, and more. Ready to step out of your comfort zones and into the beautiful unknown? Make the world your classroom. So in our last episode, we interviewed Melissa about her experience at UPF. In this episode, she'll give you more specific information about studying abroad at Universitat Pompeu Fabra in Barcelona, Spain. So could you tell us a little bit about UPF, what it's known for and where it's located? Yeah. So UPF is basically a, a lot of people are there for law, for um, liberal arts. <laughs> yeah. So the school is very known for liberal arts um, and it is. Definitely, it was while I was there, it was very, very um, political um, since it's pretty much in the center of the city. Um, there are three different campuses, but our campus was the Situadela campus, um, which was like right in the center of the city. Um, it was not that far from like the beach, from Barceloneta, um, but it was also kind of close to like the the main part of the city. Um, and a lot of students there that I spoke to were either doing law. There are a lot of um, people doing master's programs, uh, doctorates, um, which is really cool. It was a really big school. Um, but I think like in general, there's something for everyone. Um, my focus was more liberal arts um, since I was doing journalism and there were a ton of programs for that. Um, so that was really great. Um, and there they've had tons of libraries with a lot of resources and it was really helpful because they have like every language. And what was the size of UPF? What, was it a big school, a small school? Yeah, um, so UPF kind of reminded me of like Queens College, where it was full of a lot of students that were doing either their bachelor's, master's, doctorates. Um, and it was, they have different campuses. So our main, the main campus, which was the one that I went to in the center of the city, um, it was pretty big. Um, it definitely, it ranged just like Queens College, where it seemed like it was more of a commuter school um, because it was like right in the center of the city. Um, I mean, there were dorms like right there as well. Um, but it did seem like, you know, a lot of people who just lived there commuted. Um, but it was it was definitely pretty big. Um, it was really easy to get around on campus um, the first day, you know, in our orientation, they give us a map and then you just start getting used to it. Like, oh, I know things are here. This building is here. Um, so what I just would recommend is get there early on your first day of class just to make sure you can find, you know, where, where things are. Um, but again, everyone is super nice and helpful. And if like you can't find something, just ask. Um, and everyone's really nice. And most of the time there's someone else who can't find it either. So, you know, you're just like struggling together. Um, but in general, I, I found it pretty easy to get around. And it like it was kind of a blocked off space in the middle of the city. Um, so you, and there were signs everywhere. So you kind of have an idea of where you are, where you're going. Um, but yeah, again, I would recommend, and even just like asking people for directions is like a way to make a friend. That's so true. And <laughs> what's around the campus? Um, there were tons of restaurants, um, around there, like tons of places to eat. Um, again, it was like not that far from like the beach from Barceloneta. It was not too far from like the main center of the city. Um, from Las Ramblas, it was, it was really like right in the middle. Um, there's a beautiful park, the Situadela Park, right like across the street, which is kind of what we consider like their central park. 
Um, it was gorgeous. It, it has a beautiful fountain and it's like a walkable from the, it's like a two, three minute walk from the campus. Um, so a lot of people go there and like have their lunch or just like sit around and there's always like something happening. Um, like musicians playing outside or like something. Um, this one time we walked around the park and there was like people in stilts just like walking around. We were like, okay, I guess that's today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's really fun. There's always something going around there. Um, and it's just, like, beautiful. I recommend just, like, you know, when you have, like, an hour for your lunch, just, like, go there and, like, yeah, that's kind of, like, where the where the campus is. Yeah. Is it easy to get around? Super easy. I found Barcelona easier to get around than, like, New York sometimes. Um, the train is super con- – I mean, apart from the fact that, like, they have a limit. So, I mean, we do now, too, but COVID. Um, but <laughs> – they have, I think they closed down at 12. Um, but in general, just Spain was super easy to get around. The, their train stops everywhere. Um, there are buses everywhere. We barely, we barely took buses. Um, but it's also very walkable. Um, everything was, you know, nothing's like way too far. Um, especially like in the center. So a lot of places we just walked. We were like, oh, we could take the train and it'll be like 15 minutes or we could walk and it's 20. I, let's walk, you know? Um, and that way you could see more of the city. Um, and our, most of like the really nice days I remember, we just like walked around everywhere. And the great thing about Barcelona is the architecture is beautiful. I mean, Gaudí, yeah. oh, what he was it able is. to do with stone was amazing. It is just amazing, the architecture in Barcelona. A lot of my uh, History of Barcelona class was based on the architecture. Um, and then once you start, that's why we also started walking around just to like get more of that, you know, when you're in the train, you don't get to see things as much. And is it hard for students who don't speak Spanish well to get around Barcelona? Again, there is that language requirement. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, to be honest. A lot of it is very self-explanatory. Um, and I did find a lot of people spoke English. Um, a lot more people, I like, sometimes they would hear me speak, speak English to my friend and then assume. And I'm like, oh, no, I can speak Spanish. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but a lot of people speak English, so I think it's easy to ask for directions. And especially when it comes to like directions that you're asking, you know, they know how to like give that in English. Um, but also just like Google Maps was really helpful. And, you know, just following that or what I would do is like, you know, Wi-Fi and all that is different. So I would just like download the map and follow like where I am all the time. Um, but like a lot of, you know, there's signs everywhere that make it really easy. Um, and just even like in the train station, like you can just like look at a map and it'll help you um, get to where you are. And in the UPS, there's a big map, too, that also helps, you, you know, the you are here kind of um, have. So that's really helpful, too. Um, I don't I really don't think it's it's too difficult. I, I'm sure, you know, as long as you if you really get lost, you can ask someone um, and people are very friendly. And we already talked about how you felt that your Spanish did improve from speaking it so much. But do you have um, language learning tips for students who are going abroad? So when I went to um, Florence, actually, I did buy a little um, just like a little book that had like the basics. Um, So I think that's helpful just to have on you in case like you don't have like Google Translate or something in front of you. Um, But I would I again try to come in knowing something in general, and they can kind of get the idea of like what you're trying to ask. Um, But also like just practice, practice as much as you can. If you have an opportunity to ask someone for directions, try to ask them in 
in the language, in their language, um, even if you know or, you know, you think you can ask them in English. Um, obviously, if like it doesn't work out, you know, you can move on and ask in English. But just I would just try. I know a lot of people are just embarrassed about like getting it wrong or something. And it's like if the worst that can happen is you learn how to say it right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You have to make mistakes and you have to practice speaking. You're bound to make mistakes. It's a part of the language learning process. And also, a lot of people think that if you study abroad in a different country, you're automatically going to become fluent in that language. Oh, d I mean, unless you live there, you study abroad for like three years <laughs> or yeah. Yeah, it's not an automatic thing. You actually have to put effort into doing that. So what I always suggest is to start listening to that language before you get there. Start sure. practicing speaking ahead of time. Don't save that until you go abroad. It'll be much no, easier. Yeah, it's not gonna automatically come to you just because you're there, trust me. <laughs> and if you speak Catalan with someone in Barcelona, you're automatically gonna make a friend because yeah, not that so many foreigners speak Catalan. Like yeah. whenever I speak Catalan with someone, they're like, oh, why do you speak Catalan? What? And it automatically starts a conversation. Yeah. I wish I would have done that. You touched upon this a little bit in the in our last episode, but what types of housing options are there and why did you choose to dorm there? Yeah, so there are dorms right by um, the campus and I wish I would have dormed there. That's another little regret I have. And I mean, obviously it's a learning experience. Um, so like if I could go back, I would do a few things differently. Um, but I booked too late. So unfortunately there were no open um, dorms around the campus, um, but those were great. They did offer um, kitchens and they were a, a very decent rate, um, affordable, um, and they were right close to everything. Um, but unfortunately, they were all booked up. So I ended up um, booking at another campus that was much, much farther. Um, it was like the last stop on like one of the lines. Like it was literally in the mountains almost. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was really far. So if you can book early, do not wait, um, because I think that really made the experience a bit harder just because like and it was on a hill. So, like, whenever you had to, like, do groceries, like, those water bottles, just bringing them all the way up that hill was not easy. Um, but it was an experience. Um, I did I did have a roommate since, you know, I went with my best friend, so that made it easier. Um, but I also, in general, would recommend having a roommate. I think it's a perfect, easy way to make a friend. Um, and then you don't, you know, there's no obligation that you have to be friends with your roommate. Um, but it's just good to have someone that's going through a similar experience that you are um, and it makes it less isolating um, you know just like getting to a new place um, so if you could have a roommate I would I would recommend you try that out in general like it is an adjustment to if you are not used to it to live with someone new um, and just like be patient be honest be kind um, and remember like especially if it's someone that you don't know at all like you guys should talk about you know, get to know each other, talk about boundaries and, you know, what works for you, what doesn't. And are there cafeterias on campus? You said there are a lot of restaurants around, but are there cafeterias within the campus? Yeah, there are. And they had a lot of like authentic food, which is really great. Um, there is definitely the food was pretty good. They had like different um, pastas and different like rice dishes and meat and um, or they had like a lot. Of, they eat a lot of sandwiches in Spain. So they had tons of that. <laughs> Um, but the food was really, I actually, we, like, at least once or twice a week, we would eat from, like, the cafeteria there. Um, and it was kind of, it was subsidized, so it was a bit cheaper um, than going out to a restaurant to eat. Um, but then, you know, to save money, what we also tried to do was, like, 
just like make our own food at home and like bring sandwiches and stuff and like you know spend on different things what was orientation like orientation to be honest was a little bit overwhelming because we were like whoa there's a lot of people here um it was just like a lot going on and they give you this huge folder and like they're like okay welcome to your new school and we're just like whoa um so it was it was good though i think it could have been a bit smaller and that a little more intimate and like broken up into groups that way you can get more out of it um i'm i'm not sure how they do it now um but i think orientation is a good way to find a buddy you know to have like find someone to like tour the school with and um every single person there is like going through what you're going through um and in your same shoes so it's a really good way like people are extra friendly and want to like meet other people so it's a really good way to make friends um i would say for in orientation um but overall i think most of what i remember about it was that it was like a lot of people it was a bit overwhelming um and they give you a bit of a tour of the area and like of the classes you're going to take um and they tell you like all the interesting like things they plan for study abroad students and i would really i wish i would have done more of those um that way i would have like met more people and they even plan out trips for study abroad students there it's a really great program um so just definitely take advantage of it. Did you join any student clubs or associations at UPS? I didn't. Um, I generally felt like I didn't have time with all the traveling I was always doing and then like trying to keep up with the schoolwork and, you know, um, but that's something interesting. I would definitely consider and maybe if I wouldn't have gone with like such a close friend, um, that's another thing you could consider to make more friends and meet more people. Um, but it just felt so busy with like the full load of courses and like, the referendum that made things a little hard, <laughs> um, yeah. even going to class hard. Um, and yeah, and with all the traveling. So, um, but you know, maybe I, I would look into that if I were to go now. And what was the process of choosing classes like? That was so fun for me. Um, the classes that were being offered were so different. Um, and it was cool because I had to go back to like my actual advisor and go back to like the head of the department and be like, hey, would you consider this like an elective for this class or like could this count for that? Um, and they're like, yeah, like depending on that, that part was really fun. Um, I, in general, just like picking like my classes for the next semester and I get excited about like reading a syllabus. I'm like, oh, this is what, what you'll be doing and stuff. Um, I thought they made it really easy. They just gave me a list of the courses that would be available and then like depending on what you're electives are like what your major and minor are for um and I just I really wanted to get the classes that had most of like the Barcelona experience in them um which I think I did get with like the soccer class and the, <laughs> the history of Barcelona class um so that part was really fun I thought they made it really easy um and it was yeah I really enjoyed all the classes I took so UPF has trimester systems Yes. How yes. can you talk about that before we talk about everything else? Yeah. So, um, they work, yeah, they work in trimesters, um, which still works out for us because a semester for us would still be like the three months. Um, so it, it still worked. Um, but essentially what that means is like they're, the classes started much later than ours. So my first day of class was like the end of September. Whereas in Queens College, it's like the end of August um, and then it ends in December. Um, so it's fitting a lot more in a in a smaller amount of time, um, which 
meant there was a lot of work. <laughs> um, but I would say most of my courses were really uh, heavy uh, on readings. Um, a lot of them were just a, a ton of readings to do. Um, and most of the, I think all of them worked in like a midterm final scenario. Um, and for a few of them, it was like there were papers. The midterm was a paper and the final was a paper um, instead of it being tests. Um, and then for my journalism class, we had like quizzes every day. I mean, every every week, like and those that's kind of how he graded you. And then you had a midterm and a final um, instead of like homework and the homework was reading or something. And just a lot of papers. We had to do a lot of like research papers, even for like the the FC Barcelona class that was all on soccer. Like there are a lot of research papers to do there. I think we did three overall and then had to do like mini essays based on like prompts or something. Um, so it was definitely a lot of writing, a lot of, and I mean, I was in the liberal arts field. Um, so a lot of readings, a lot of writings, but they were all really interesting. And it was fun that they were about like the experience. Um, so it makes it more, you know, it's like a rounded out. But yeah, I will, I will say you definitely remember that you're there for school <laughs> and remember that that is your priority at the end of the day. Um, so definitely I had like my, um, my planner and I would plan around like, okay, you know, we have a final this week, so we should probably stay in, in Barcelona this weekend and like study for that and make time for that. I love that you said that because it is study abroad. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think people forget that, like, cause you're there, you're so excited to be somewhere else. But then it's like, once you get like your workload, I was like, wait, <laughs> this is like, we're still in school here. Yeah. And um, so going back to the trimesters quickly, for you, it was just one trimester, right? In the fall? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In the spring, it's actually two trimesters. So I just want to point oh, that out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess my experience in the fall was just one trimester. And going back to the study abroad, since you're only being graded on two assignments, you really have to take that seriously. Because if you do badly on the first one, yeah, maybe you can improve your grade with the second test, but both tests are extremely important and weigh a lot in your final grade. And your grades from studying abroad are not invisible. If it's an exchange, well, they definitely yeah, count. exactly. Yeah. If it's an exchange program, you, they will be transferred over and count towards your GPA. If it's a study abroad program, which the difference is on our website. So if it's a study abroad program and it's not an exchange program, while your grades don't show up on your transcript, just the credits do, when you apply for master's programs and things like that, they always 100% ask for your transcript, for your study abroad transcript. Yeah, definitely just keep that in mind. And at the end of the day, like when you, you know, this commitment was for learning, it was for school. Um, and there's so many resources to help you. And the professors were really great and offered office hours and um, email help. Like they were really uh, helpful there. Um, so, you know, if you need assistance, like, you know, it's like regular school, you can ask for it. Um, and everyone's really willing, but just make sure that you really plan around it. Like it, there were times where, you know, we canceled the trip because we, we had like a midterm and they're so important. They're so crucial because, again, we're only graded by like two things um, that you really want to make sure that you put your, you know, your best effort into them. And last question before your closing thoughts, what was your favorite class? And is there a class that you would suggest or encourage students to take when they're at UPF? Yes. Yeah, so um, I think 
I, I touched upon it a few times, but my favorite class was that international journalism class. Um, my, oh God, I can't, I just remember, I'm trying to remember the professor's name. I still have, I, I have it somewhere. His, um, he gave us like a whole packet of like his readings and they were just so interesting. And I love the class so much that I always kept it. I still have it. He was absolutely incredible. Um, the class was just so interesting. He just made it like so engaging. And it was, you know, the best part was it was about things that were currently happening at the moment. So we would like go to class and he was like, well, we'll see tomorrow if we wake up in, in, you know, a new country, like if this is a brand new country tomorrow or not. And like, it was just insane. All, all the things that were happening at the time. Um, so it was just, it felt like we were part of it, you know, like we were living through this incredible like moment in history and like, we could write about it and we were part of what was happening. Um, and that class was very focused on just journalism in general. So we would talk about like, you know, just like basics of journalism and how things became, you know, came to be, but then also sprinkle in like what's actually happening here and how this affects like the future. And he was just such an amazing professor. And my, my friend and I can both, we went to different schools. Um, she went to the new school and we can both say like, that was one of our favorite classes ever. So thank you so much for your time. Now, do you have any closing thoughts, anything else you'd like to tell students before we wrap up this interview? Um, I just want to remind you again, I know I kind of mentioned it before, um, but just like this is such an incredible opportunity. And if you are able to do it, like it is just it really is life changing. And just remember that like you never kind of get this time back again. Um, so just be so present, be there, you know, be grateful of the amazing experience and really, really use your resources, like go and ask tons of questions. It takes a long time to make a big decision like this, you know, to decide you want to leave for months. Um, and like, if you're doing it alone, like this is a big decision. So just like really get informed. Um, again, ask the study abroad office tons of questions. They're just so welcoming and will answer everything. And they're here to make your experience the, you know, the best that they can. Um, and talk to your, you know, get advice from like your department and, and even just like people that have already studied abroad and just really like use all the resources, do all the research. Um, even just like I spent hours on the UPF site just trying to like see videos and like get an idea of what I was getting myself into. Um, but overall, like studying abroad was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I'm so, so glad I decided to do it. Thanks so much, Melissa. To find out more information about our exchange program, see the link in the description. Thanks so much for your time. Bye. Bye. To see our students' beautiful travel pictures, follow us on Instagram, at QC Travels. Like our podcast? Consider leaving us a rating. Visit our website, qc.cuny.edu slash studyabroad to find out more about our programs.